shopping today and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. So Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to 902 Noso, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast and retrospective series. I am JD. Joining me as always here in the booth is my compadre on the show, Mr. Tim. Tim, how are you? JT, I'm feeling a little mad, bad, and dangerous to know. I am mm. throwing huge house parties. I'm destroying potted plants. I'm, I'm impersonating teachers in order to hit on guest speakers who perhaps have AIDS, and I am watching Beverly Hills 90210 Season 1, and I'm loving talking about it with you and our excellent guests. It's been a ton of fun, Tim. We were talking off-air that, it, like, you know, we'd mentioned way back in Episode 1 that Season 1 was a little bit of a blind spot for me. It's something I didn't know as well. I would have never guessed there was this many, like, levels of greatness this early in the show. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I was thinking yeah. the first season would be a lot of maybe fours and fives and, you know, maybe a higher one, but that we really kind of ramp up. Now I find myself trying to calibrate and not go like crazy. And I'm, but, but I'm like, these kind of deserve it. Like the show, yeah. some of these are as perfect as it gets for this, what the genre of the show is. So like, why should yeah. I be holding back when later episodes could also get equally great grades, but it may just be because the show has evolved. Right. It's been a calibration challenge for me also. And boy, is this episode going to be uh, consistent in that vein. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very much so. And, <coughs> excuse me, as is the trend, we have a guest with us. And, oh, yet again, is it a first-time guest? Because we just have so many people banging on the door to join us here on the show. And if you are a listener and you want to be on, if you're a 90210 fan or you're just interested in checking it out, as Tim always says, we have a uh, 1,000 percent conversion yes rate? conversion rate yeah 100 percent. bat in a thousand i guess you could say 100 percent. i combine the metaphors yeah I, I love it i love a mixed metaphor yeah so everyone that checks it out ends up liking it and saying they're going to keep watching or keep listening so if you're out there even if you've been on pods before you haven't you want to check it out you want to join in just reach out to us on social media we'll be happy to have you and that's what this gentleman did you hear him on uh, some of the shows on our uh kind of quadapods our feeds uh family that we have here that is mr john kesalika john how are you hey justin great to be here tonight uh i tell you when this pod launched the 92 and noso and i heard you had this idea and it was like this is right up my alley i it, it pulled me back to those days of the cwo that people might not remember who were new listeners to us but the the blog when we had the chat groups going about the 9021 bros people watching the show on soapnet people just blogging about it <laughs> and having that ongoing discussion it's a show that's been with me since well probably about the same time as you since middle school and you know is still something that i can revisit today and being able to discuss such uh weird moments of television watching from my formative years is absolutely great well glad to have you here as a diehard fan and you kind of touched on it but we usually do with our new guests ask them to spend about a minute minute and a half 
going through their relationship with Nana Tuna. So when did you start watching? What season was it? And how consistently have you stayed with it? Okay, so uh, I'm probably a little similar to you. You said you mentioned that season one's a blind spot. I think we're the same year. Where did you graduate high school? 98? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. So same thing. Uh, and that first year in middle school, it, so it's like 91 watching it, uh, didn't really pick up on it too much. This is honestly, and we'll get into it later, one of the first episodes that I watched in full and was really, uh, <laughs> really enraptured with. So I'm glad that we're covering it. Uh, I remember distinctly, though, that summer afterwards watching the the new season that they did just at the beach club which was something very different for television at the time that they did a brand new season during the summer and is probably something that helped the show really catch on. And honestly, I watched it since I probably, I I can tell you about stories when I was in eighth grade and, you know, my English teacher was a big fan of that to And I got out of the fact that I, you know, wasn't, wasn't on time for a test and got out of it late because I wanted to talk to her about, Hey, what happened last night when uh, Laura had to, talk at the at the school about what happened with between her and Steve <laughs> um, and those types of things. Uh, I think I, I watched it absolutely throughout high school. Uh, some good friends of mine and I, our senior year when we watched uh, or wasn't senior, we came back from college when we got together for the finale. We, you know, sad as it may seem, even got a cake that we wrote 9021 over on that we had, you know, sad. To, to celebrate <laughs> just just a couple of guys who, who like watching 90210, you know, together <laughs> on a weekly basis. Um, I don't know about you guys, how you did with the newer series, but I know that even though it was the lowest rated series of of the season during its final one, I still tuned in every week because I just felt kind of an obligation out of. You mean the, like the CW out one? Out of the awfulness that, that I had sat through for so long. The, from the CW, like the reboot, is there yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we ended up. I watched the whole thing right through. It was fine. It had its moments. Um, had its moments. They, they definitely veered off from the original intent, which was more like ties to the original, and then it right. just kind of became its own thing in its own universe. I really did like the new reboot from a couple years ago with the concept, kind of the mm-hmm. reality faux reality concept. Oh, Kirk that one. Yeah, that one I never actually watched. I don't. Oh, uh, that was really good. And then the, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. the meta approach that they took and you could tell they were they were kind of seeding little subplots for a, a continuation but it just didn't get um renewed for that second season so we got what was it about six yeah six or much. eight episodes yeah but it was kind of interesting kind of good for what it was we did get some good rate through it will redemption admit. at least yeah. in the new one so sorry justin that, i was gonna say the cw one at least really uh piled on with the uh the the ad sponsorships that we got, uh, the sponsor mm. play we got in the later seasons of Now Two So they really took that and ran with it. That was yes. one thing I definitely noticed from that show. Yeah. So, all right, Tim. Before we dive in, do you want to take a moment to tell everyone about our favorite Now Two related Instagram account? Uh, sure. So check out bh nine zero two one zero restored on Instagram. And so what this is, it's an account where uh, it's just some person is going through and has taken it upon themselves to uh, restore scenes from the series with the original music. So if you're watching along uh, like we are on streaming, or even if you have the DVDs, 
you might think, uh, I don't remember this music appearing in this episode. That doesn't quite sound right. Or uh, maybe you're just curious what what the original uh, music was in the show as it aired way back in the 90s. Uh, this person is, is <laughs> reinserting uh, the original then contemporary songs in, into uh, the relevant clips. And so you don't get a ton of these for season one, honestly, but they do um, appear where where appropriate. Um, this is going to be a, probably a much bigger, uh, I guess you could call it resource for us as we move along eventually into season two, uh, where music is going to play a much bigger role in mm-hmm. the show uh, to the point that like there are actually episodes missing on streaming for music rights reasons that I don't fully understand. But um, we are prepared to contend with that. And um, we will certainly let you know what the original songs were as we have from the start of this podcast. So do check out that Instagram again. It is just simply BH90210 Restored. Very good. Check it out while you're listening to this because we are talking season one. Episode 11 of Beverly Hills 90210, BYOB, which should tell you exactly the type of episode we're headed toward, mm. which first aired on January 10th, 1991. So let's dive right in. We start pretty hot as Kelly uh, gives her thoughts on cars. She says she thinks they're just extensions of penises, basically. <laughs> uh, that's why guys are always talking about cars and showing their cars off. So. Kelly gets that line in. And one thing I've noticed is another thing I didn't realize is like how Kelly's kind of the one liner machine in this, in this she season is. so far. Yeah. Uh, you would have thought it'd be Steve, you know, but it's, it's really her. Like she's the one that mm-hmm. delivers a lot of these like little quips and witticisms that slide by in random scenes. So that was our first of the night. Now we find out that Don is having a party. Her parents are out of town. She wants to keep it strictly a list. No, no uh, buffoonery, no clowns involved. Right. And Brenda says she wants to bring Dylan. So, you know, she's still hot, hot and heavy with him. David, uh, and then Kelly says, well, Dylan is hot. And then we cut to David and Scott kind of overhear Kelly say he's hot. And she thinks <laughs> she means him. So yeah. it, it would seem like a throwaway moment just to put over David kind of being a, a nerd. Um, ends up actually playing a bit of a role as we go on later. But uh, so we kind of set the tone here. Uh, Brenda asks... Dylan to go to the party, and he says, eh, I'm going surfing in Baja. You can come with me if you want. And she's like, uh, you know, she seems a little disappointed, but she's basically like, he's like, well, how about next weekend? Like, we'll do a date and we'll do whatever you want. And Dylan says, you know, I'm just, I'm better one on one. I just don't like parties, basically, which Brenda kind of um, accepts. So I thought this was a fine kind of episode setting here. We get, we get the full uh, lineup. You know, we got obviously Don and Kelly are excited. We understand it's going to be kind of a higher end party with just the, the cool kids. We know Dylan ain't going to be there, but Brenda probably is. So I thought this was fine stage setting, Tim. I did too. And I like that it made use of our ensemble. Mm-hmm. So pretty much all the principal younger cast are just about um, entirely in this one opening scene. We don't get Andrea, although she is going to be in the episode. Um, I don't think we see Steve in this this opening segment, but certainly he's going to play a very big role um, at the party and throughout the episode is, is kind of an antagonist. Uh, so yeah, right away, it's like, holy shit, we've got an A plot that isn't just solely centered on one of the Walsh kids. It's 
making good use of our younger cast. And my God, look at Donna getting lines and, and sort of driving the plot for a change. It's, it's her house. She's going to be hosting the party. Mm-hmm. Um, not that she'll be a major character in this episode, but certainly small step, baby steps. Of, yeah. Small baby steps here with, with Donna and her character development. Uh, so we're getting there. And, and I like your observation about Kelly too. I, I had the same note written down that I kind of forget that they, they really soften Kelly's character over the course mm-hmm. of the series. And I don't know, I kind of really like party girl Kelly. And I, I think maybe we, we lost something there when they made her just sort of um, kind of the, the A-lister the main. Okay. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, so we're some, some ways off from that, especially while Brenda's still on the show, but um, I'm enjoying this Kelly a lot. Mm-hmm. What do you think, John, of the initial uh, station? I think I think you guys I get, think you guys hit on some great points. I loved these early high school scenes and even probably the first year in college where it seemed that everybody would just happen to be walking down the same hallway <laughs> or coming across yes, yeah. at the perfect time. Or like David would be speaking at the radio station. We'd he, we'd overhear something. Uh, it just helps to really drive everything across. I thought it was kind of weird that Donna had pointed out. She's like, oh, like her parents are never going to miss that. Everything's missing from the liquor cabinet. Like that she, <laughs> she just kind of threw that out there. Like um, Bunch of drunks. weird lines. This episode mm-hmm. actually seems I know you mentioned, uh, Tim, that she's kind of developing more of a character. But in this, she comes across really kind of mean, uh, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so, I, which I thought was a weird point for where we know that that character eventually ends up. Uh, but yeah, still clueless David and Scott walking around thinking like, oh, what can we do to, to meet the pretty girls? And Scott and his Lakers, his always present Lakers hat. And thinking that he, uh, <clears throat> the, you know, anyone gives a shit about either of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. Not the case. All right. So. Back at home, Brenda's begging Brandon to come to the party. He kind of wants nothing to do with it. She's like, just come for 10 minutes or, you know, whatever, an hour if you're enjoying it, just fine. So Brandon, uh, you know, agrees to drive her and, and hang out as long as he could tolerate it. We find out Jim uh, is in a good mood here tonight in this episode. He's uh, prancing around the house. He's got his little sweater on. And uh, we find out they got a big company getaway to Palm Springs. He's with Cindy in the bedroom. He's a little horned up. He's almost doing like <laughs> doing the, the crotch thrust at her. Uh, <laughs> we, get a big, we get a big make out where he dips her and the kids come in and kind of roast him a little bit. And Jim and Cindy say, we're going to this retreat. It's a big company retreat in this beautiful hotel. And you guys, you're going to be staying home alone. So the eyes light up a little bit. That's next weekend, not this weekend. But we're setting setting the stage ahead of time here. So we know that the Walsh kids will have a little uh, weekend alone as Jim and Cindy go to Canoodle. So, I, again, I thought this was pretty good setting the stage. And I like that we do it now and not after our like the big first happening. You know what I mean? Where it would have been yeah. first. Yeah. It, like, so this was already kind of in place before everything else happens. Yeah, I like how we're kind of setting up uh, our plot and, and various different events and different settings in this episode, just in these opening minutes here, we've got already, we know we're going to get this big party at Donna's and Brenda's already planning some kind of soiree, you know, well, we're about to learn that she's going to plan a soiree for the next weekend while her parents are away, but that's when Dylan's going to be available. So she's Mm -hmm. already looking ahead um, to that next weekend. And we get the uh, the Palm Springs coming into the picture, which is going to be a big fixture mm-hmm. of the series. Um, 
going forward. So source of some of our favorite moments and episodes, um, JT, certainly. And uh, I, I definitely share in the Walsh's uh, enthusiasm for, for getaway to Palm Springs for one of those wild weekends. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd Company be, retreat. Uh, yeah, crotch thrusting also. Plus, you know, Jim's <laughs> got to get Cindy's mind off of uh, Glenn, I feel like. And no, I still it's only, that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's still, it's only a few episodes remu- removed from her emotional affair. And, um, like, he's been working so hard lately. Like, this is his, his next big chance to, like, like make good and redeem himself. Uh, get that one-on-one time in. So, um, what do you think, John? I think, uh, we talked about it just before we started recording, but one of the things that makes this episode so strong is that it really has two really strong plots. Um, yeah. And this second plot that is getting set up here with Jim and Cindy, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's taking them out of the picture, but it's setting them off on their own adventure. It's also kind of a hallmark of these early seasons where Jim and Cindy are much more featured characters and for some reason are always portrayed as being ridiculously affectionate. <laughs> with each other to uncomfortable degrees for people around them. Uh, yeah, and I feel like it was a reaction to because the first few episodes they were very almost like cold to each other, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like ever since they had their little breakthrough, now they're like way over the top, and that overcalibration stays where they're super over the moon with each other. Right, but I mean, fast forward a couple seasons and they're going to just like di- disappear. Right. <laughs> and and we don't hear anything. Yeah, as characters, they're they're not going to have a ton of presence in the later seasons. But uh, and this is a necessary. We talked about how stupid some of those um, B plots were in, in previous episodes, but this is a really necessary B plot because it gets yeah. them uh, out of the picture for a little gets while. Them out of the they're off. Yeah, they're off on their own adventure. So it allows the A plot that we're going to get mm-hmm. uh, to proceed. And you know what? It's going to set up what we're going to see coming up where, you know, being able to trust, you know, their their children. Like they're already saying, hey, it's fine. We're going to leave our kids alone in Beverly Hills for the weekend. Right. It's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. They they don't they don't anticipate that being a problem as of yet. But and JT, I'll let you take it from here because there might be something that that calls into maybe some warning here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, we head to the Martin residence for the big party time. Everyone's drinking. We got Steve working the bar uh, with some other random guy. I don't think we ever get a name for this guy. He's just like mm-hmm. another student, but he's a real I asshole. Look, JT, I, I looked it up. I tried to find anything on IMDb or anything about this character's name because he plays such a big part, it feels like. Right. Don't ever name him. No. Usually they would at least give a name for someone like this. Um, did you try the 90210 wiki? I didn't look there, but... I didn't. And there uh, is an Attitude Wiki. Yes, uh, there is. <laughs> that has everything. So we can try and maybe go through there quick and find it. But I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't catch the name. They never said one. And again, you would think that they would, uh, for sure, given the um, role he plays throughout this. So he's there with the bar with Steve mixing drinks. Brandon walks up, just want a Coke, just give me soda. And they start roasting him a little bit, kind of busting his mm. balls. Steve says, okay. It's fine, Brandon. Like, you don't want to drink, you don't want to drink. How about a virgin margarita? Uh, and Brandon's like, all right, cool. I'll try that. And, of course, immediately Steve just loads it with alcohol. Um, this other kid's calling Brandon a buzzkill. And he almost feels, like, angry about it. Like, I don't, like, the level of anger that they have over Brandon not wanting a drink. Mm, yeah. I don't know if they it's think he's going to be, like, a arc because he's sober or something, maybe. Uh-huh. Like, they're 
or they just are just fucking assholes. I guess is probably the more uh, correct answer. But uh, so Steve loads with alcohol, and Brandon takes a drink, and he's like, "Oh, this is good." Like, if you're that adverse to alcohol, and then I thought maybe he never had any, but then later we found out like he did have one night where he got real sick from drinking. But so right. you would think yeah. he would if it was that spiked. Like, is Steve mixing a, a frozen marg that that, that, that that's you know. That well I will say he put alcohol. a ton of sugar in it to ch- to cover it. Yeah, I, I will say he put maybe a shot of tequila in that big ass yeah. blender. And <laughs> but they acted if, like they loaded it up. They acted like they loaded it up, and, and also he's feeding them to him all night. So I get that it will take a cumulative effect, but he definitely um, went a little easy on that first one, from what we saw, right. um, intentionally or not. So I'm I'm like I I don't know like. To be a very inexperienced drinker, which JT, you know that I am, um, uh, these these frozen uh, margaritas that Steve is doling out, I just feel like any amount of, especially tequila, you're probably going to taste. But, but this is a 1991 I, frozen margarita, Tim. Yeah. You know, we're, we're a little bit away yeah. from having like the the level of mixed drink uh, concoctions that we have today, where like craft stuff yes. is a big deal, right? Like this would have been like a wine cooler poured into the, you know what I mean? Like that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about. 91, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I feel like Brandon should have and would have noticed, but we'll kind of go with it. I guess he's, he's inexperienced. It's whatever. Well, at least give me like a little, like, uh, all right, whatever. It must be this. Thing. You know what I mean? Like, give me like a little acknowledgement that maybe something's off. Not just uh Hey, this is great. Sure. <laughs> and then chugs yeah, it yeah. down. But, um, all right. So Brandon, we know is uh, possibly in trouble here, John. He's possibly in trouble, yeah. And I, I'm, you would be remiss to not mention that these were not just any margaritas. They were Steve Sanders' famous mucho mango margaritas. Mango he introduces yeah. them to us. Mango margaritas. Yeah. Which I'm not sure if you know. <laughs> Steve is supposed to be what 16, 17 here in this. Mm-hmm. In this well, they're, uh, they're what juniors, and they well, they're juniors again. Uh, well, they're they're juniors at this point in the show, so he's either 16 or 17. I think, yeah. I want to say later in the series, they established Steve as having a spring birthday, because I don't know why I know this. One of the, se- one of the <laughs> season finales is, like, set on his birthday. Right. Okay. So, ah, I, I would you're assume... Right. When they're on 16. the boat. Yes, yes the, the boat. Goo Goo yeah. Dolls episode. <laughs> anyway. Um... So yeah, that was his twenty-first birthday. He's he's got to be if they're juniors. Sixteen hasn't turned seventeen yet. Okay, so um, I mean, did, did, what are the know. odds that he's you know mastered this bartending skill to be able to make these mucho mango margaritas at the time? Like, do we was trying to set up right? You're Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. They're rich kids. I, I mean, they all just started young, right? With everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Whether it's yeah. sex, I, I drinking, you. drugs, partying. Like, I think that's. I guess that's supposed to be kind of the moral of it, right? That Brenda and mm-hmm. Brandon are kind of virginal in many ways right like we, we learned last episode and um here they are into this world where everyone is just aged you know, uh, physically which we know but also oh, just yeah. uh, in the show they're they're you know aging in experience more so than than the walsh's it's it's my favorite scene in the episode i would probably say is this party scene uh because it it is the most heavy-handed the most melodramatic with the uh, with the like threats of like what is going to happen if you drink and like you can't do this like and everybody just kind of like questioning everybody uh, you know the guy comes over like you said 
the unnamed guy. And he actually says, he says, Walsh is a major buzz crusher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that and my other favorite takeaway from this was just, and maybe it's a Beverly Hills thing and that's what they're trying to play on, but what's up with the fashion at this high school house party? Mm. Yeah, they're oh, all yeah. dressed up. I don't know well, if, if back if back at Hendrickson, if you guys had like high school house parties that looked like this, or like what's going on? Sadly, I may be the cool guy in the room right now, John. But back then, I was I was at Betty Parties. You weren't slinging any uh, mango margaritas at your. No, uh, I was I wasn't cop- slinging margs and dick around. I was I was probably guys are all in guys are all in blazers, like you know the girls in dresses. It's like a homecoming party, but at, at, that's at, probably watching like get your house three for the fifth, or some or one of my Seinfeld tapes for like the fiftieth time, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, well, Donna did say it's an A-list party. She wanted it to be like the classy, so that's it. It's like a dinner party for them. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we get some slow dancing. So I mean, they're really playing it up. It's like a wedding. They're <laughs> like slow dancing. Yeah. And the, the mystery and guide slow dances with Donna. He does. Yeah. So he's making yes. his move. Yeah. Uh, we see Brandon's outside by himself, and then, he, you know, he's a little shook because he had just seen Steve and Kelly kind of. You know, necking a little bit and they head up the stairs. So yeah. it feels like maybe there's a little something cooking there. And again, Tim, we've been kind of hitting on it um, that, that we've already had very early like hints and sparks with Brandon and Kelly. So I mean, this is just like another one, like maybe our fourth one already, third or fourth one, where Brandon shows a little bit of like interest in Kelly. So he's a little pissed off that maybe she's hooking up with Steve and he's basically like, I'm ready to go. You know, this half of the mango margarita isn't enough to get me there. And Brenda's like, just loosen up, you know, just loosen up. Um, So we'll get to the big reveal in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And and Kelly also took up for Brandon when he said he didn't want to drink. She was like the one person who was like, leave him alone. Um, Which, again, shows more depth than just party girl Kelly that you would maybe expect from her. But well-earned after, you know, the mom episode <laughs> um, makes a lot of sense for her. But, yeah, I mean, she'd been waving off Steve's advances uh, throughout various other episodes that we've watched. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, both of them got a little bit of liquor in them. So they're feeling a little bit horny and, yep, head on upstairs. It's sort of a – it's like a low-key hookup, but it's like – that's kind of a big hookup for early in the show. I know they have a history, but – it's right. like, and that's oh, what they're okay, kind of least... leaning on is that their exes mm-hmm. and they just kind of backslide right right the party. yeah that's yep. a, that's always been kind of hinted at do we think they went to felice martin's room no. <laughs> well felice I doesn't exist so. yet nancy still so nancy martin so i would say they definitely desecrated nancy martin's bed and that's why she quit the show baby that's and why she yeah <laughs> that's why they had to replace her <laughs> Uh, All right. So Steve gives away the game. Uh, He finds, you know, he admits that he spiked the drink and Brandon's fucking pissed. He's like, what the hell? And everyone's laughing at him. And he's basically having like a meltdown in the middle of the room in front of everyone um, that he didn't want to drink. Steve broke the trust. Steve is basically apologizing. He's like, sorry. You know, the other asshole guy steps in. He says, Brandon's ruining the party. So he is just anti this guy. This is someone you would expect like four years later, maybe where Brandon's kind of the king. You know, and like everyone's kind of yeah. coming for the king. But here it's yeah. it feels a little early for like someone to be this upset at Brandon. But he, he is coming at him heavy. Uh, and he's like, he's ruining the party. And Brandon <laughs> finally gives in and chugs the margarita and says he likes it. So mm-hmm. um, and then after that is when Stephen Kelly actually head upstairs and find, uh, you know, they head up to the bedroom. So, uh, John, what do you think of Brandon's big meltdown? I, I thought it was pretty good. 
I thought it was good. I thought I thought, you know, again, this was more of that melodrama of like everybody staring at you and saying like, hey, man, come on, you're ruining it if you don't if you don't take part. And like my big takeaway from this is watching these first few episodes again over first season. Like, How did Brandon and Steve ever become best friends? Apparently, like Steve does nothing but like just rag on the guy all the time. Whether it be like you know with the with the track team and you know in the in the steroids, I don't know if you guys got to that one yet. Or or there's this a or- lot wrong with a lot wrong with Steve in this. Or they do not make him flattering at all. Which again, we'll talk about <laughs> later. Um, I think as we go, but yeah, it's it's not the best look for him early on. He's basically the de facto heel for most of this. For most of it, and then in you know once once all of the main actors leave in the late seasons, he becomes the main, <laughs> the main like father figure on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's that's not a great look for Steve. Um, this was the first of many blow ups we'll get. Brandon blow ups we'll get in this episode, which that's always a treat, I suppose. Um, it is it is kind of funny how. Like he's doing this a lot and people are ragging on him quite a lot. And yet everybody does want his approval at the same time. It's like, there's, I don't know. There's something unshakably special about Brandon Walsh that everybody's like, got to get a piece of it. It's just sort of the theme of this, this series. Right. So I'm looking at this, the wiki and they have a whole section just on West Beverly characters and mm. th- this guy's not in there, so okay. <laughs> he's really eluded everyone with it with his identity, which is probably for wow. the best, given he's likely committed many crimes. So we uh, the romance back out with Stephen Kelly. Brandon drives Brenda home, and th- I thought this was a really well done tease because you kind of expect something to happen on this ride home, right? Like he wraps uh-huh. the car around a pole, or he gets pulled over. Do you want like? You kind of, I thought it was a well-executed red herring in this this one here to make you think, here's the scene where it's going to happen. And then when they pull in and they're just kind of laughing and yucking it up and it's like, all right, you know, Brandon's loose and they're having a good time and whatever. They just had, they had a nice night. So I thought it was a good tease. I would, yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, we had that, that you typically would think in a high school melodrama like this, like, okay, they take off from the party. Something's going to happen. We saw it in this similar episode of Saved by the Bell, they're driving home <laughs> from the party and they wrap the wrap the car. Uh, but here they make it home just fine. They just got to get past mom. Uh, Brandon gets up fine. But then, of course, Brenda goes to kiss mom goodnight and it <laughs> sets it off. It well, <laughs> sets, sets, up, sets up the the ultimate moment of the next morning for me of Jim and Cindy in the sweater vests. And we'll talk about that. (laughs) Well, Brandon does a good job too of like, he says like, Oh, she's a man on that couch reading the same book she's been reading since eighth grade. And they walk in and said, he's reading the book. And she's like, Oh, I just got into this novel. You know, like, so I thought that was the novel's the size of a phone book. Like what? what That's why it's taken her all these years to read it. Yeah. Reading some kind of like Russian literature. So, so, uh, yeah, I definitely like the swerve here and it's also very true to life, right? You, you rarely get busted sort of that, that first time out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can often get away with this thing without consequence the very first time you do it. And Brandon is smart enough to keep his distance and make a very short appearance while Cindy is, is reading her Russian novel and, Brenda is the one who really kind of steps in it by, um, right. you know, going in for that hug and kiss. Good night. It's like, oh, what are you thinking? She's so naive. 
Yeah, you knew it was a bad move, and Cindy immediately smells the booze. She runs right up to bed and kind of knocks to Jim, who's fading. I was curious what he was watching. Um, <laughs> I was trying to see. Mm. Uh, but I do know um, Cindy puts on, the, puts on was it the Love Boat or something? <laughs> I think it comes up. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Jim was watching the game, maybe, or something. Well, great so it, spelling uh, show, right? Uh, yes. From uh, yeah, the 70s, funny, early funny 80s. There you go. Good yeah. nod. Shout out on, on uh, purpose. So Jim's like, I don't really give a shit right now. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> like, we'll talk about it in the morning. And Cindy's like, let's go talk to her right now. And it's like, that's like the worst idea. <laughs> you know, like, why would you do that right now? So Jim's like, even if he is just trying to punt it because he wants to sleep, it was smart of him to say, let's just do it in the morning. Um, he says, Brandon doesn't drink. So we'll talk to Brenda. And the next morning, we get the scene, John, that you just mentioned, where we get Jim and Cindy. They're in the matching sweater vest. I guess they're going to play tennis or something. I don't know if they actually ever say it, but they're headed to the club to do something because they're wearing. They do, no, yeah. Brandon says, have funny, like, good luck at your game at the end. Like, so it's either racquetball or squash or tennis or something because oh, wow. they definitely got the matching sweaters on, uh, which looked amazing. And they put the pressure on Brandon right away about drinking. Uh, at the party, like, you know, well, how could you do this? Even if it was just one drink, like, we trusted you. You shouldn't be doing that. Like, well, there was alcohol. Why was there even alcohol there? And she storms off, as always. Um, in this, Jim mentions, like, his, like, I didn't know if this is the way to go about it. But he's like, you know, we were driving to Wisconsin to pick up beer. Like, doesn't that seem worse than a house party? Like, like to me, that's <laughs> not a a clear uh, win for Jim. He's like, yeah, when when I was your age. We would just drive mm-hmm. to Wisconsin for beer runs, like. Yeah, they would drive over. They would drive over the state line because it was legal there. Right. <laughs> that seems worse. A lot worse. Which he even mentions. He was like, "Well, you know, we were 18, but you know, in Wisconsin, it was legal there at 18, and now it's not. So it's like he's more concerned. It sounds like with the legality of it than. I, guess, the I fact think he's that just something like really. Desperately- swinging at ways to make her feel like shit more than anything yeah. but yeah. and then she's not even 18 so it's like even worse in a way i don't know mm-hmm. the whole thing just doesn't make sense because like when i was your age but not really not um, really yeah. so a bit over brandon throws brenda under the bus and basically he's like yeah i'm sorry dad you know she just kind of did it and you know it's all right we go home safe and jim says to keep an eye on her and she gives brandon and of course they here. never doubt they never doubt brandon of course because he oh, would definitely. never do never anything was. so disappointing so yeah. Brenda kind of gives him the Yomi one, right? On the way up as <laughs> he walks by mm-hmm. because she lets yeah. him slide with it. Yeah. Well she did. She she didn't she didn't arc on him when she could have. But then it turns into uh you drove drunk, which is a much bigger deal than Brenda as she put it, having a few sips of somebody's mixed drink. Right, yeah. So she yeah, like just had a few right. sips. Yeah. What'd you think, John, of the big sweater vest showdown? <laughs> um I I love the way they just kind of sidle up behind her, mm-hmm. you know, full like power move, just just standing there, like what happened at this party? You know, you know your mother smoked <laughs> alcohol on your breath last night, and then like doing the same thing with Brandon. It's 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 just so brilliant, and it seems like this again. I come back to that idea of this being so evil to happen, and it's it it's one of the few times that nine two zero goes this far to just be like. There's no way this should happen at all. It's terrible, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's it's that like, corrupting influence. It's, 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 it's almost like a. It feels more like a like a seventh heaven treatment of it than it does <laughs> like a nine hundred two and O treatment of it, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. They are still the trying to kind of figure out their path as well, anyway. Too on here. So, mm-hmm. um, at this point, it still kind of is that family 
less out of the week drama type thing, right? More than right. where Will had is much more soapy. So uh, Jim and Cindy head off to the Springs. Kelly's fed up with Steve because he's been hounding her. He's basically like, you haven't called me back. Uh, she regrets what she says, 15 minutes of fun and a lifetime of regret, which is another great <laughs> one-liner she sneaks in here. Uh, so she's basically already regretting giving Steve, giving it up to Steve again, because now he's just back on it, hounding her. Uh, Kelly and Donna want a house party when Brenda reveals that Jim and Cindy are gone, and she says, Brandon ain't going to allow it. No chance. And I love the framing of the scene, because as they're talking about it, we see Brandon talking to Andrea in the background, just to hammer home that he's a square. Like, they're talking party, and he's talking to the biggest nerd in school. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like I thought it was really well done. It's like, it's like, you just see him in the background. It's not even like focused on. He's just chatting mm-hmm. with Andrea in the background, and it's just like so perfect because you know that. Oh yeah, he ain't never gonna have the party. Look at him. He's talking to Andrea over there. So I, again, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, no doubt. And we also get the kind of the cutaway to David and Scott, right? Who once again are feeling left out of the mm-hmm. party party scene. And uh, David's saying, oh, I've got to be there this time. They're playing another Rager. And Scott's like, you're obsessed with this. So, yeah, it, it's another good scene of uh, just the school activity that everybody milling about. And granted, <laughs> yes, the coincidence of our principal characters all being in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. But that's what's fun about the show. All right. It's the main hallway. So... Uh, we're back to Palm Springs. Jim and Cindy are living it up. It's this beautiful hotel, and they are, uh, like most couples, I would assume, when they get to the hotel, ready to throw down as soon as they lock the door. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Jim hops in the bed. He's testing it out. Cindy's going to lock the door. So they're ready to get down right away. But in come Bob and Trudy Barnett from Houston. <laughs> come through the adjoining doors of the room and they are ready to partay. Trudy is the, a, uh, the very typical kind of Southern. I don't even know what this is. The Southern yeah. middle age, you know, woman of a guy with a lot of money, like just very done up, a lot of makeup, the kind of the big bouffant hair, like just ready to rock. And Bob is very timid. He's kind of got the Bill Lay, uh, no, Bob Lee, Bill Lay, Bob Lee, um, ESPN look, kind of the comb over and, you know, little, little heavy set. And, uh, so they come in and introduce himself and poor Jim and Cindy get rolled up on John. Uh, this is, I mean, Jim in full on horn dog mode where mm-hmm. he, he, she goes, how's the bed? He jumps down. He goes, Watch it feels good. Why don't you try it out? <laughs> it just feels so out of character from what we've seen, you know, so far. Right. Uh, well, I feel like ever since he yelled at Glenn, he's had yeah. like, you know, the oh, testosterone's yeah. been raging in his body since then. Like he has just he's, felt felt his oats since then. Or he's taking he's some, like, he's like some, I, need, I need to I need to prove myself every chance I get. Like, like I'm just going going on what's now. the um what's like the 1991 equivalent of like a eugenics uh <laughs> what is this <laughs> ginger it's like frank <laughs> thomas walking in and saying, saying, like, here you go. i could <laughs> he's taking something some kind of um performance enhancer so yeah so they're ready to get it in want to make up for lost time i i totally get that what is with this I, you know they just these cartoon characters out of texas which this is something this show is going to do a lot by the way um i don't know something about people from texas i think 
it, it it's kind of like uh, Vince McMahon and and like his fascination with hillbillies or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just they always do these way over the top caricatures. Um, I know there's like a guy that in later seasons, uh, like Felice tries to set Donna up with some guy from Dallas or something. He's like <laughs> a t- doofus. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, and I think Brandon and Steve, like in that one, there's like one season premiere, they get stranded in Texas and it's like, they're almost. Brandon does. Big, and he meets, he meets the black girl who he falls. He in meets the, right. And they're, they're like, almost the, faces the racists down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's insane. Um, and it's like, man, this show really had it out for Texas. I feel like, um, I don't know. Maybe that's a, a Dallas thing. Anyway, um, it, it is outrageous. These people just walking into their room. I, what are we doing? You know, broken lock on the door or not. You, you don't do this. No one does this. This is with a bottle a, of champagne and a full tray of crudite. It looks like, well, I well, mean, the thing you know is, like, they clearly, this is not the first time they've done this at one of these retreats. Like, mm-hmm. they come in with such bravado and confidence that this is clearly they really something they do, like, all the time. They probably broke that lock on the door. Uh, set up. There is there is a chance they, like, know the person at the at the uh, Palm Springs Hotel and paid them off mm-hmm. to uh, jimmy the lock so they could get in, but... All right, so here they are. They're in there. So we've set them up as potential troublemakers for Jim and Cindy. So Brenda decides to shoot her shot with Brandon to try and get him to give into the party. They're in the kitchen. He's making a sandwich. And uh, Brandon Brandon first wants no part of it. Brenda says she wants an A-list party, just like Donna. It'll be classy. It'll be just, just uh, you know, however many friends, not, not too many people. And she really puts the pressure on. She said it's a tradition in Beverly Hills. It's their turn. These parties could put you on the map. Brenda says others will drink. They don't have to. They can just keep an eye on them, make sure everything's okay. And then she goes to the, the trump card. You owe me one because, you know, yep. you, you fucked me. Yep. You didn't take the, the fall for driving drunk. I took it. And you, you owe me one. And then she even goes deeper and basically says, like, aren't you tired of always doing the right thing? Like, aren't you tired of just always being Mr. Perfect and not just let loose and having a good time? And that hit. that's what resonates with him finally. And he crumbles, and he's like, fine. So I thought this was actually a really good multi-pronged attack by Brenda. <laughs> I, th- I thought it she was. came hot yeah. with all the right plays and uh, and just really hit a home run on this one. She knew Brandon's weak spots. She hit him with the perfect son, hit him with the Omi one. And she knows deep down, too, he kind of wants to be a little accepted. And he feels a little out, out outcasted here. So I thought she hit him with all the all the shots that she did would get him to crumble. I mean, we know yeah. she hits him with the right shot because he mentions it how many more times as we during his blow ups the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's going to be a recurring theme of for him of as he unwinds and as he kind of falls apart of. But I, you know, I'm always supposed to be perfect or I'm always expected to be this. So I just wanted to, you know, show that I didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which kind of goes back to the basketball episode. Remember, right. Jim being all in on that and kind of living vicariously through Brandon's athletic achievements, which um, weren't many at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Brandon just feeling the pressure there. So -hmm. this is just a a different form of that. Now we're getting the kind of peer pressure um, spin on Brandon and all the expectations around him. So yeah, 
Brenda plays her cards right. I also like that she took the very strategic approach of not opening with the favor that that he owes her. She right. really wanted to keep that one up her sleeve, huh? Didn't want to um, didn't want to spring it on him right away, but he, he yeah, still, she could have held that. She could have probably yeah. held that for an, a later later favor, but this party yeah. is important, I guess, after the pressure Donna and Kelly put on her. Yeah, she needs to close the deal. She needs to get this one done. Yeah, she's got limited time. All right, so Jim and Cindy are back on the bed, and Jim's very unnerved by Bob and Trudy. <laughs> uh, but Cindy says she likes Trudy. You know, she wants to give her a chance. But in they come again. They barge in. They say the lock is oh busted. They got some Dom Perignon. They got the snacks. Uh, we get a very creepy Bob. I hope we're not being too intrusive. He's very, very creepy. He's got, like, this very mm. stilted quiet serial killer type type demeanor about him where he's like <laughs> kind of a cherubish yeah kind of a yeah. face which it, can be somewhat off-putting um given what they are up to as we that, find that out constant later. grin and that kind of like holding his arms tight to his body as he's like holding the wine and everything it, it really is off-putting yeah yeah. So Trudy rambles on and on and on and says, you know, after the retreat, we want to come to my Beverly Hills and, and spend a couple days with you. And Jim and Cindy are like sputtering out like they could not come. They could not get to the excuse Rolodex quick enough. They're like, uh, uh, uh you know, just, just no clue what to say here. Um, so Bob and Trudy bringing the heat out of the gate. They are, you know, Trudy just rambled. Just, I, I mean, this was like the monologue to that monologue. She just kept going. <laughs> And going, I don't know what the, I couldn't even keep up. I didn't even try and bother no. right now what she was saying. She was just rambling on and then uh, invites themselves to Beverly Hills. So uh, Dylan says whatever Brenda wants to do this weekend, he's all hers. And again, she played this one pretty well because she kind of sets him up like, hey, we're still on for the weekend. Right. And Dylan's mm-hmm. like, yep, whatever you want. And then she says, well, guess what? <laughs> we're having a party at our house and you're going to be there. And then she tells him, like, they're going to be away. So Dylan, you know, kind of pieces two and two together and thinks, all right, if I put the time in to go to the party, no parents at the house, maybe this is my shot to get it in finally. Uh, elsewhere, Andrea offers Brandon a ticket to go see a, a comedy play. I could at first I thought it was a comedian, but then I think it was a play that was a comedy, I guess, um, that she got tickets from her grandmother. And Brandon invites her to the party and they kind of have a little flirtatious back and forth. And they end up agreeing that Andrea will go to the play and then stop by the party. Uh, so a couple interesting little scenes here with two different divergent uh, relationships on display. Mm-hmm. And continuing that thread of maybe Andrea and Brandon going to be a thing mm-hmm. in these early episodes. Like, um, I don't know. There's a world where, where maybe, can you imagine like an Andrea Brandon Kelly triangle in this series? <laughs> if they had just zigged instead of zagged. I guess, but um, I'm kind of still liking it. We get into that idea of, you know, we're still kicking that around. I feel like the writers were of, is Brandon actually interested in Andrea? Is he just flirting with her out of like mm-hmm. kindness? You know, what what's really going on here? Because this seems like a genuine invitation. Yeah, I think, I, yeah. I think he likes her as a friend. They spent a lot of time together at the newspaper and I do think maybe a little bit he kind of likes her because it's not the first time where he's kind of hinted at it, like you said. So maybe he doesn't know yet. Maybe he kind of wants to figure it out. But there's something there potentially. I also think he he pulls up the line of uh, when she's about to invite him, he says, oh, don't give me another assignment, you know, right. um, you know, right away this weekend. 
And so he's kind of trying to show her, I think, that he can have fun. And we'll definitely see that coming up, you know, coming up. Yeah, he's trying to embrace this potential new, um, you know, loose living style that he's going to take on. uh, (laughs) Loose living and hard drinking, Brandon. (laughs) The hair hair starts to go in in the next scene, right? (laughs) It starts hitting so Brandon asked Brenda how many people are coming. She says like 15. Then we cut ahead and they're like, there's 250 people here, basically. Oh, my God. Um, the house is crammed. Everyone's jammed in there. This party's hopping. David and Scott show up. They crash the party. Scott's, Scott's such a sad sack. Um, he says something like, uh, oh, good. I get to hang out with all the people that ignore me at school so they can ignore me here, too, or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know, I thought that was a good Scott line. I, I give him that. He's, he's just so sad. Uh, yeah. Sympathetic. Yeah. Steve tries to get Kelly drunk again, very obviously, what he's trying to do. And she even calls him on it. She's like, Are you just trying to stop trying to get me drunk so I'll bang you again? <laughs> Basically, like, leave me the fuck alone. Uh, so she's all, he's all over her. Brandon, Brandon's getting pissed, too. Um, and she's like, me and Brandon made a pact. We weren't going to drink. And now all these people are here. What the fuck? And Kelly's trying to talk her down, like, just telling her to have a good time. Basically, shows her, like, hey, Brandon's drinking. So the deal's over. Uh, he's, he's letting loose. And you ain't. And now you're the one that's all uptight. In comes Dylan to the party, and you hear something break in the background. So the trope of that occurs, where at the big house party, someone breaks something of value in the background. Uh, so anyway, I, I, this is a good scene to establish that the party is immediately out of control. I just leave, have to say, I love... Go ahead, yeah. Leave it to the Walsh twins to not be able to control a party, and then just, like, you know, yeah. lose all control here. And immediately, because I just um, really popped for that smash cut to the huge party after they're discussing, like, the head count. And it's just, like, all of a sudden, this total rager. And it's just, like you said, the, the you know, shit's getting broken in the background. Everybody's dancing. People are all up on each other. And um, it just has all the makings of a, a great, like, high school comedy type movie. And I, I just... I, I really love the way they set this up. Mm-hmm. I love, yeah. I think Tim, uh, uh, along your side, I, I I love the opening where it's Brandon pouring what pretzels into a bowl or pouring chips yeah. into a bowl. He's like, "Do you think we have enough, or should we put <laughs> should we put them all out, or like what should we?" <laughs> they're concerned. And they're about- like, uh, they're so pleased with themselves. They're like, "Okay, yeah, we have a, the makings of a nice little party here," and it's just all of a sudden, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, West Beverly gone wild, you know. Have quickly exploded. Speaking of exploding, uh, we're back to Palm Springs where Jim and Cindy are trying to fuck again. Uh, but they're worried about the Barnett's coming in. And Cindy says, All right, just give me a minute. I'm going to call home and make sure everything's okay. And then we'll get down. And Cindy calls and Kelly answers. Um, and she kind of tries to cover and doesn't really go anywhere, I guess, on the phone call. It kind of ends there. But we find Brandon getting real fucked up with Steve. They're they're chugging him. And Brenda comes in and just re- reads in the riot act. And he's basically mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like, you know, you mocked me the other day. You said I don't have fun. Um, you know, I'm a loser. And now I'm having fun and you're all up my shit. Like, what is the problem? And Brenda's just like, well, you're out of control. <laughs> and so... Um, I don't, I don't think anything came out of that Cindy call with Kelly, right? Just kind of, just kind of. I mean, you get, you get just some, some good physical comedy with Brenda taking the call and trying to, trying to stay quiet while the music is blasting. And she's like, of course she's got the landline. So she's, she's like 
tangling everybody up in the court as she's walking around trying to clean shit up at the same time and but yeah, nothing. It, it, no, nothing. Cindy yeah, doesn't she, pick she up basically got yeah, there, There's not much to say for the parenting skills or the awareness of Cindy Walsh here, as Brenda mm-hmm. can't even get her on the cordless, and and Kelly answers the phone like, "Hey, Party Central, what's going <laughs> on?" <laughs> well, they are like one track mind right now, Jim and Cindy. They're the Barnett's are on breathing down their neck. They're trying to get it in. Like it's obviously, uh, you know, I don't. I think she was doing this as a perfunctory, like we're supposed to call home thing, whereas in reality, she wanted just to get get to bed with Jim so all right I like that I like that yeah, <laughs> her mind is a little uh bottled yeah, up yeah so Brenda waved her off pretty pretty easily so they they um got away with you know <laughs> that uh brief intrusion into their party so also intruding the party of the cops uh because they are coming up the the walkway here and Brandon, <laughs> Brandon goes full Bart Simpson here. Like, I don't know if he, like, is this, is this him thinking he, like, this is cool, I guess. And, uh, I think it's on purpose, right? Like he's supposed to yeah. be a nerd and they're acting like he thinks it's cool. He goes, don't have a cow, man. And he tries to downplay things and he wants to go talk to the cops because he's Brandon F and Walsh. And he's like, I'm going to go handle this. And Dylan's like, dude, like stay the fuck here. I will handle this. And me and Brenda will take care of it we're sober. You're not like, he's basically tells them like, if they even sniff you, you're going to jail. Right. So you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So Brandon backs down. So the cops, Dylan and Brandon go to the door door and the cops tell them to turn down the stereo. Uh, the neighbors are complaining that they weren't interested in a rock concert tonight here in the neighborhood. And Dylan sweet talks him down. He says, we'll lower the music. It's my cousin's birthday. She got a little excited. And, uh, mm-hmm. he, it's, he, it's like, he pulled this one out of the holster. Like he had the story, on reserve from from past altercations uh so the cops take off they kind of let things slide were you surprised tim did you think uh something well, like, I um, like another good tease like we've already had the driving now we have the cops i feel like we've gotten some good teases yeah well and it also makes the case for just dylan's character having a, a continuing presence on this show you need mm-hmm. that type of character who isn't brandon who's out of the picture for this episode clearly um because they're you know doing this whole story arc with him steve isn't going to be able to pull this off so i mean david is is not part of the gang yet so you really need somebody who has kind of that balanced even keel sort of uh demeanor and notably dylan and brenda are both sober so Mm -hmm. you know they they managed to um, have this very civil conversation with the police and it's just fun to see them playing kind of this old married couple <laughs> for yes. the sake of this one scene, um, as like the voices of reason. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got a, a real kick out of that. Um, because I, I mean, I really like Dylan and brand Dylan and Brenda's dynamic mm-hmm. and, um, just early glimpses of that in this little scene. Yeah, their their relationship is still very, very formative at this point, right? Uh-huh. Because, I mean, we, we come to the beginning of the episode and he's like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to go to a movie? Or like he's going to Baja and they don't really have anything really said. So it doesn't feel right. like they're terribly steady. And the girls are mm-hmm. all encouraging her to make sure she invites him. So it doesn't seem like they have anything steady. Um, I think this is a great scene for Dylan and you know, being the, the calming voice to the to the police. But, you know, uh, yeah, Brandon out of control is just getting getting even better as the hair gets even more messed up. And, you know, mm-hmm. 
He's yeah, like, that's how you We're know. just missing like a tie, like the loosened tie and everything <laughs> to really, really tie the picture together. The tie around the hood, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Brandon and Steve and the other douchebag, we still don't have a name, uh, are pounding <laughs> drinks. Dylan tells him to slow down. He's concerned, as is Brenda. You know, Brandon's kind of like, are you worried or Brenda worried? And he's like, both. Um, and so he kind of is like, I'm fine. You know, shrugs it off. And Andrea walks in. Mm. And she is, I feel like this is like the most loose, happy Andrea we have seen. Like, I thought she mm-hmm. looked good in this episode. She comes in. Got it, too. She's kind of got the hair looking on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's all smiles. Brandon tells her this is the place to be. Andrea yep. is excited to be here. She has a little sip of the drink, which I thought at first when Brandon offered her the drink, she was going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you? But she was chill, too. She's like, all right, yeah, and she's feeling good. She's so happy to be here with Brandon. He invited her to the party. She saw the good play. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually, this was like one of my favorite Andrea scenes so far. I, I just thought she was really, just seemed happy, which is she nice. Did. Like, you don't get that a lot, where she's just like chill and happy. Seemed like she was ready to have a good time and was excited to see Brandon having a good time. Yep. And uh, he even asked her over to dance. Oh, my God. Yes. And not just slow dance. Well, this is, I mean, Brandon with the messed up hair and, mm-hmm. and l- loose dancing with with friends is like, oh, man, he's so spiral. couple problems there. Yeah, we, we know from all the time that Brandon doesn't dance. So to doesn't see him right. dance. dance. Yes, that's true. Call. Which I don't know they've really established yet, but they haven't. They they yeah. will. <laughs> so Jim and Cindy are in the hot tub now. They're trying to get out of the room, thinking maybe we can have some privacy. But through the wild, through the trees, they see the Bardettes moving toward them. Jim's like, I, I'm getting out of here. And Cindy's like, it's too late. They've already spotted us. And Jim says, I'm either getting out or I'm going to kill them. <laughs> so he's, he's at his wit's end with the Barnetts. Cindy says, you know, how you doing? And Bob says, good, we're game. Um, and right there is the first sign, right? And then they start laying it on very heavy, you know, and Trudy's like, oh, Jim, you know, looking good tonight. They take off the robes, and we find out that under the robes, they are naked. They have no clothes on, no bathing suit. And we find out, of course, that they are swingers. They've been working the game this whole time, and they figure tonight in the hot tub, they'd make their move. Then they go back to Beverly Hills, I guess, and keep it, keep it rolling there. Jim and Cindy just take off, so they're they're out of there. So this whole big special retreat getaway they've been banking on uh, has been taken over by the Swingin' Barnets, uh, which is a, a, just a great scene. I thought this was really well done by all four of these people. Yeah, good comedy relief here. And you sort of see you see it coming. Like, of course, these people are going to turn out to be swingers, but right. the reveal is still very, very much um, worth the buildup. Fun stuff there. Yeah, the, the just the notion of the fact that these people were able to get naked in a in a public hot tub at the at the resort is beyond me. But at the same time, like really, really funny. And, uh, <laughs> you know, knowing that Jim and Cindy have been planning this romantic getaway and not able to have that involved. And now this is thrust upon them in you know, no pun there mm-hmm. but, <laughs> by bob uh you know tough t- a, t- a tough scene and especially knowing what's going on at their house and how they're about to get you know screwed over there too yeah things yeah. about to get a lot worse for them yeah so we go back to the party david is kind of obsessing over kelly and kelly's trying to get away from steve who's trying to get her to drink he's trying to get her to go to go in the bedroom 
And Kelly just grabs David and she's like, dance with me. And he mm. is on the fucking moon, right? Like he is like, all right, let's go. Uh, this is my specialty. I could dance. I got the moves. Kelly's pulling me on the dance floor. She does think I'm hot. So they start dancing. And then Brandon and Andre, we see them dancing and Brandon makes his move. He goes to kiss her. And this is where it turns for Andre. She's like pissed uh, that he's drunk. And Brandon immediately goes to like douchebag drunk defensive mode. He's like, why are you always editing everything I say? Uh, you know, what the hell? No one can handle handle me when I'm just kicking back and relaxing. And everyone always gives me shit. And here I am just trying to let loose. And basically she's like, maybe you can't handle it. I mean, you can't handle kicking back and no one is liking it. And <laughs> she leaves the party. So tough, tough break for B here. I did not remember Brandon just laying one on her like that. That really took me by surprise. I was like, whoa, they really went there. Um, and it was at first she seems kind of like, oh my God, this is really happening. And, but then mm-hmm. she's realizing to her horror that he's just a sloppy drunk guy trying to make out with her. And yep. it's just kind of ruined her whole fantasy. Um, and, and it's like that thing that happens when you sort of like, you sort of have a point when you are calling people out for, for judging you and, you're like, hey, you know, I I have all these expectations, and the minute I, I sort of push back against it, like, everybody comes down on me. That's But at the same time, you are acting like an asshole, so <laughs> it's, it's just you can't win. And, yeah, Brandon can't win in this situation and can't handle his liquor. So this is, this is spiraling. This is some prime drunk Brandon mm-hmm. that um, you and I, JT, really um, – can't get enough of. I know. That's just, it, it's it's outstanding, drunk Brandon, and we don't get to see it again until I think Palm Springs in mm-hmm. after college. Wow. After right, yes, it the is end of season while. five, I think. After the fire, right after. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the end of season five that episode. Yeah, so so ways so, away. Yeah, we'll get there. We might be. We can talk about that in what twenty thirty-seven. It'll, like It'll be a while. It'll be a while. It'll be a while. But really, a, really a good scene for him and for Andrea. Like Andrea standing up to him. Andrea, like you know, actually having some meaningful lines that are that are cutting to another character, not just like uh, you know embellishing on something. Like she's actually making a point. Uh, which I think is great here. And I think it doesn't get through to him, obviously, because it's Brandon and Brandon is our main, our main character. And he's going to be the one who we have to just see going through all of this. Uh, JT, Tim, you guys ever pull the Brandon move here? The drunk kiss attempt? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, but I've definitely gotten called out on my, shitty drunken behavior um and been very like sanctimonious about it like Brandon okay. is, is, <laughs> like right like right away like him right uh, yes <laughs> shut I it say, down i would say i would say that the 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 leaning cast have come close on but not you know but but didn't didn't get there uh-huh. close like, yeah. like started the move <laughs> sounds like that I'm, sounds like something that probably occurred at some point <laughs> no comments uh, Alright so they run out of booze uh, So Steve says Brandon we're going to plan B 
And uh, we'll find out what play B is in a second. Uh, David's doing okay dancing, but he tries a little too hard, and he kind of fucks up and bangs into Kelly. And, you know, she even compliments him at first. She's like, wow, you mm-hmm. get some good moves. And then he yeah. gets a little too excited. <laughs> kind of botches it. <laughs> oh. uh, we go to so, Brenda Dill. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, d- so do you think this is where they decided that maybe they had something more in Brian Austin Green? With the dancing, because th- that's basically what they have him do for the next season and a half. Right. Is when he appears, is like mm-hmm. going to dance and he's going to sing. Do you think, like they had him in this episode and he was dancing? They were like, "Wow, you do that thing where you cross your arms and and kick your legs out. It looks pretty <laughs> cool." <laughs> yeah, I don't know how quick they. I mean, they had to have liked him a decent amount because he was so much younger than everyone, and they gave him a prominent role. Mm-hmm. So. I think they probably knew coming in they had something here, given the amount of screen time it gets. I mean, at the same time, though, JT, to, to that argument, they had Tori Spelling lower build on the card than Scott uh-huh. Sutherland, who's going to, you know, True. Yeah. see what happens. So. All right. So uh, Brenda and Dylan are outside. They're trying to figure out how to bust up the party. And they agree at 1 a.m. They're going to call it, get everyone out of here. Uh, Brandon and Steve. But as they're talking, we see a car pull out and it's Brandon. And so he's in his car alone, and Steve and the other guy are in their car. And we find out the big plan, that Brandon's going to the liquor store. Uh, I'm sorry, Brandon's going to the, the market to get snacks, and Steve's going to go to his house to get some booze. So I, I, a fatal flaw here is that they should have just ordered some pizzas. <laughs> Probably would have been the way to go about it. Probably. Uh, yeah. Versus taking the risk on two people driving to go get some chips. Uh, I just sort of called call Domino's, whatever the uh, California <laughs> Pizza Kitchen, whatever it was yeah. out there. It's Beverly, it's Beverly Hills, though, remember. Right. There's going to be some pizza out there they could order or some Chinese, something they could get at this point, take out delivery. Uh, so Brandon's driving off. Steve's going to his house to get the booze from his parents, liquor, mom's liquor cabinet. Uh, so we go right to Brandon. He's on the road and he's a real mess. And it's really over exaggerated. He's like, whoa, you know, he's like swinging the wheel. He's like looking to the right, like exaggerated that someone, you know, you almost flew into someone. So he's all over the place. And as that's happening, he ends up uh, T-boning a truck at an intersection in a pretty harrowing accident. I mean, mm-hmm. if you were yeah. I, like, I guess you could have been in the point where, um, you know, you could have thought, oh, they take a Brandon out here. <laughs> like, right. I mean, that's possible, I guess. But yeah. uh, he really levels this truck. It's not just a minor accident. He really barrels into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I mean, if if nothing else, they could be maybe setting up for he's going to be, I mean, if not killed, then seriously injured, um, you know, in the hospital. And it's it turns into that kind of very special episode as opposed to a don't drink and drive type message. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, he is an absolute maniac uh, peeling out of that driveway. Just, <laughs> uh, that was a bit over the top, just just swerving all over the road and then. Yeah t-boning the the truck um it all just happens so fast and i mean i get that you sort of have to do that thing cinematically but um, well the good thing is that he realizes what a fucking stupid move it was like within minutes like as soon as he's on that road he's like this is not good (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna fuck up yep so but i mean i'm just thinking to be that all over the road when you're shit like he would not be even able to stand up you know to be like um, so it's just, I don't know, a little bit unrealistic, but unintentionally funny. So I, I kind of forgive it. Yeah. And I'll call back to like just personal experience of driving on those roads of Beverly Hills. And there's no way you're ever even getting up to those speeds. 
if you if you are sure yeah. and being able to navigate through there there probably also isn't that much traffic or a pickup truck for for whatever reason um at 1 a.m yeah yeah <laughs> at 1 a.m but just to, to brandon for you know honoring the the classic place to be nation member of Savazio DeFazio and wanting to go get chips <laughs> so that uh, the party could go on. I hope JT would appreciate that. I did. I appreciate the callback. <laughs> All right. So Jim and Sydney are in bed. They're a little too worried to, to get it on because they're, they keep just being completely fearful that the Barnett's are going to show up and uh, interrupt. But, and then we also find that Jim can't get it up, basically. He basically admits that yeah. he, it, it's not going to happen because of the Barnett's. All he can picture is Bob, Bob Dick <laughs> out of the rope. Um, so then the phone rings. It's Brenda calling Jim and Cindy, and she delivers the word that Brandon's in the Hooskow. Uh, he's been arrested for drunk driving, and Jim and Cindy are shook. They can't believe it. And uh, Brenda, I feel like it's a good Brenda moment because she does a nice job balancing – kind of a little bit of like hidden smile maybe as she's delivering the news right like just a little bit of her is probably like huh like you thought i was the bad one uh-uh. mm-hmm. uh but she's also clearly like worried and feels bad right like she's she's not like rubbing in their faces or anything but um so they're shook and we see brandon he's in the clink and uh jim and cindy make it there from palm springs uh to eventually bail him out so um you know, Brandon is not not handling being in that cell very well. No, he's been in the Beverly Hills drunk tank all night. <laughs> uh, we don't know exactly how long, but it seems like it's been several hours. Um, I will say he's being a little extra. I mean, look, he's a 16 year old kid in in the county lockup, but he does have a whole cell to himself. It could be a lot worse. And this is a, it's a two hour ride from Palm Springs to Beverly Hills. So it is. Yeah. So if we can, if I can interrupt, if we can get back, <laughs> I think JT, you pointed on a, a big thing with Brenda's call. Uh, what is the first thing she says? Brandon's in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, he's okay. And they're like, oh, no, this is terrible. He's okay. Where is yeah. he? He was registered for drunk driving. It's like she was building up to it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what a what a nasty way to go through that. <laughs> like, well, to her dismay, this whole thing is about to turn into still somehow her fault, according yep. to Jeff City. According to them. But uh and I put it, I think I mentioned it to you guys in the emails that we had going back this week. That shot of Brandon sitting in the jail cell. Uh, with the 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 light coming through the soul window, and he's mm-hmm. holding his knees, is probably one of the first things I remember about a nine hundred two one zero commercial. Like watching that during the Simpsons on Sunday or something. It was like on Wednesday, oh, right? wow. like goes you know, like on Fox Five. Like you know, it's like, a good call. That's a great memory. Down. Yeah. Yeah, we are still some ways out from where I will be able to recall like specific episode promos. <laughs> That's great. 
All right, so Brandon, again, is a little over the top. He goes, now I understand why convicts risk their life to escape prison. <laughs> but, I mean, he's been in the drunk yeah, tank. Uh, I, had, I had it down in the notes. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's such a stupid line. Um, but Jim and Cindy are compassionate. Uh, Brandon reveals they had the party, and that's where they kind of get pissed. Like, they're like, what? So they didn't realize that this, you know, this was because they had a party at their house. So they go back mm-hmm. to the Walsh house, and it is wrecked. Uh, Brenda's there trying to scrub the rug. And she reveals she invited some friends and things just got out of hand. She didn't expect it to get this crazy. Jim and Cindy going hard. Uh, Jim really belittles Brenda here verbally saying, yeah. you know, Blows that up we, didn't, her. we went to the frat house to drink as kids with the stolen beer from Wisconsin. Uh, you know, we didn't we were partying at our parents. So he really goes in on her. And Brenda says, I wasn't drinking. And Brandon steps in and says she wasn't. I was. Uh, and Brent, Brent is going to quote the line. She says, there's a lot of pressure on guys to drink these days, um, <laughs> which I guess is in her mind would be true because that's all she's witnessed so far is Brandon getting pressured to drink. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Brandon basically says, no, I didn't, I, you know, it's not what it is basically. Like it wasn't just that, like I wanted to, cause I'm, I'm tired of, you know, whatever, not perfect. And well, he's Jim says, not like, entirely forthcoming in this. Right. Scene, right. At first. Yeah. Well, and Jim does say, like, you said you'd never drink again after what happened at Foster's Lake when you threw up. Uh, right. Brandon had the big uh, puking at Foster's Lake. And Brandon then blames Steve. He says, Steve spiked my drink. And now because of him, I have a record and I'm not perfect anymore. And you could feel like this pressure is collapsing on him, but also maybe a little relief that he his record is marred, that he's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of that, which, again, has been a, a continuing theme of Brandon's character and these just early outings. Um, I, I do think while I like to see the Walsh children take up for each other, um, I do think that their tone, <laughs> given the events of the past 24 hours, may be a little bit misplaced. Um, mm. may, maybe you, you pick that battle a, a little bit, um, a little bit more strategically than just, Get, trying to give it right back to um, Big Jim there. I mean, it, it, he and Cindy were remarkably civil in, in dealing with Brandon, for one thing. I'm just thinking, like, if my parents ever had to pick my fucking up, ass up in jail, like, mm-hmm. like I would have heard it all the way home. And, and trashed the house like this. Like, I, right. they probably would have thrown me out, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I would have been kicked out of the fucking house. So, yeah, I, I just think they maybe should have counted their blessings here and, and maybe saved this one for the next day where you have the big talk. Yeah, I mean, tough to say because it's the morning. So what are, mm-hmm. we, what are we waiting for the next day? Just for cooler heads to maybe prevail, just a, a little cooling off period. I don't know that. I just feel like everybody's still running pretty hot after, like, just getting home from picking your teenage son up from, you know, the drunk tank. Okay. So wait until after Brandon goes out and starts working on the bike. <laughs> yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I can also see why they're also like wanting to do it now and, and why they're heated. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I had a similar, it's like this, I guess in high school, I wasn't drinking mm. carefully, but so I went, I might have told us on some pod somewhere, but so prom night, uh, we go out, we go back to my buddy Andy's house and, he, you know, he, we're having kind of the post-pom party, party there. 
And mm-hmm. he was drinking, others were drinking, I wasn't, because I had to drive my date home. I was sleeping in Andy, so the plan was to drive her home and then come back. So, you know, my parents are, I wasn't, like I mentioned earlier, I was not someone who, like, was out a lot, like, outside my group, right? Like, I had a few friends who mm-hmm. go, go to a hockey game or, you know, or stuff like that. But this was kind of like, uh, all right, I'm out at a, you know, at a party. So I called them kind of early at, like, midnight or whatever. I was like, all right, I, you know, I brought, brought Courtney home, I'm going to bed. And um, they're like, okay. But in reality, she was still at the party. We're still up. So like three in the morning uh, after the party kind of ends, I'm like, all right, Andy, take a ride with me. We'll, we'll bring her home. And again, he's like, you know, out of it. So we bring her home, drop her off. We're driving back to his house and we get pulled over. And it's like three in the morning, 3.30 in the morning. Two cops pull us over and they have to get out of the car and they search the car because they're like, basically uh. it's 3.30 you know, you speed in, blah, blah, blah. Andy's trying to tell me to give them a fake name. <laughs> like, they need my license. Ask if I can give them a fake name. So I'm just, like, trying to survive. But now I have to tell my parents because the ticket and everything's going to say three in the morning, right? So, like, why are you out? So I barely slept at Andy's. I go home in the morning, and it was the same thing. Like, I just got home, and I had to tell them, and we went right into it. Like, I didn't get any grace, period. But uh, the story <laughs> I did tell was that uh, we were, I had brought her home and we were online and she messaged me and said that she left her purse in the car. So I had to go mm-hmm. bring it back. So that was, that was the cover story. Uh, whether it was bought or not, I don't know. <laughs> they never told me either way, but, um, funny enough. So I ended up having to go to traffic court over winter break. That, that would have been prom season. So like, you know, seven months later I go in Yeah. and they ended up suspending my license for three days and three days. Yeah, and it, it seemed like a lot. Like, like I wasn't speeding that. Like, it wasn't bad. Um, I mean, yeah, just for speeding. Like, who cares? So I go to pick up my license three days later, and the they got fucked up. They thought I had already paid the fine, and I didn't, but they said I did. So I didn't have to pay the fine. I got out of it. Oh. Okay. But, but then that judge got profiled, like, two years later for being abnormally harsh on situations like that. Um, and he got, like, in trouble or, like, uh, I don't know, whatever happens to judges. I don't think he got disbarred. But he, uh, anyway, he was under fire for being too strict on situations similar to mine. So it was kind of funny. Anyway. Oh, wow. So there's so, my. JT, does, does this story all end with a crowd of people chanting, Justin Rosero graduates? Uh, <laughs> no, it was not in any danger. Uh, now, if okay. I had drank, this is the lesson, I guess. I would have been in a lot of trouble, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, at that point, I had not, uh, uh, not since age three, had I had alcohol touch my lips between age three. Wow. And, so. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in that summer before college, I finally had a beer or two. But mm. anyway. Came out of retirement. Stories for another day. Uh, all right. So Andrea checks in on Brandon at school. and I'm sorry. Brandon's outside. He's fixing the bike. And makes a joke. He's like, tells Brenda, we can make it a tandem bike if you want, so you can drive with me. Uh, or then he kind of gets a dig in. I don't think he meant it, but he said, like, you can try and get your license again. <laughs> like, so, like, ouch. Uh, yeah, because he tells her, she's like, he's like, yeah, we might be relying on your shitty driving, basically. Right, basically. So, uh, Brenda says Brandon lied about the spike drink. And Brenda's basically like, what's going on? Like, why are you so fucked up? And he snaps at her, and she walks away. So we go to school the next day. Andrea checks on him. He apologizes for being a dick. And she kind of hand waves it. So good on her, I guess. She's like, it's fine. Because deep down, I think she liked that. He tried to kiss her. and doesn't want to fuck it up, is my guess. Like, right. She realizes there's something there. Uh, Brenda tells Kelly and Don about the fallout. 
but Donna breaks the news. She said, the word is this is the best party of the year. Everyone's buzzing about it. You guys did good. So Brenda's kind of feeling good that they had the, the epic party. And then uh, the final scene or uh, uh, final moment of the scene in the school, David dedicates the song to Kelly, the song that they danced to. Uh, he says, this is for you, Kelly Taylor. And she is completely <laughs> grossed out. So she went from Steve hounding her and now David's in love. Hmm. What a whirlwind. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, um, there was a funny moment at the party, whatever song it was. I mean, it's, I guess we'll find out what the real song in the episode was when we get to it. But um, David is telling Scott, oh, I, I don't want to go. I'm not going to ask Kelly to dance. I don't like this song. And then she drags him out to the dance floor. And he's like, oh, this is my favorite song. And so it's like this has become their song now, yep. which is, yep. you know, I'm I'm eager to find out what it is. because <laughs> I was going to say, should we say it now or do you want to wait? I guess uh... – I didn't actually check myself, so I, I don't I do know. know what it is. We can, we'll wait. We'll, we'll reveal at the end. We'll wait. Okay. So I, I like that that's a running gag, basically. Mm-hmm. All right. So Dylan checks on Brandon at the Peach Pit. Brandon says his hearing went okay. In three weeks, he can drive to school and work. And Dylan says, you know, Brandon, you're lucky. And Brandon's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm lucky I didn't die. And he's like, no. You're like, you're lucky you didn't kill someone, you fucking prick. And he kind of has a heart to heart. He's like, everyone has a dark side, buddy. Like you're not, you know, everyone does like you do. I do. And you have to control it. You got to figure out what it takes. And Brandon unloads on him. He's like, I have all this parental pressure. Um, Here are my issues. My dad thinks I'm perfect and this and that. And Dylan does a good job. He tries to talk him through it. Brandon says he wants to drink again, just to prove to the Walsh, Walsh, his parents that, you know, it's his life. He can make the decision. And Dylan says, well, I got just a place for you. And Brandon's thinking, all right, we're going to go drinking. And instead, we go to the high school. And Brandon's like, why are we here? And we walk into an AA meeting. And Brandon still is kind of like, like, I don't need AA. Why are we here? And Dylan reveals in front of everyone. He says, I'm Dylan, and I'm an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, this is a pretty good message about this could have went a bunch of ways, right? Don't drink and drive. Mm -hmm. Don't give into peer pressure. But I think the way they did it, was good too. It's basically like people at this age can have drinking problems. Brandon's yeah. not alone. Yeah. Um, you know, you could be 16, 17 and need to go to AA. It's not just like an older person war veteran thing, right? Like everyone has this potential problem. You're not alone. And I thought this was really good bonding for Dylan and Brandon. Uh, and I really liked the scene with, you know, him taking a Brandon to AA. And this is going to be a running theme with both these guys that they have drinking problems that they need to control. Uh, and when they don't, Things go different ways for the two of them, but neither are good. Yeah, no doubt. Um, this is kind of a big reveal, too, uh, mm-hmm. coming off the heels of just our last episode where we saw Dylan actually go for the drink when he had that blow up with his dad. And, right. you know, Brenda kind of talks him out of that one. And you're wondering, oh, is this going anywhere? And sure enough, this is a that's a hell of a big deal in retrospect given that he is, you know, identifying, self-identifying as an alcoholic here. Uh-huh. Uh, and the episode is doing a good job, like you said, JT, of highlighting uh, what is a real issue and, and something that um, you just didn't see a lot of in, in your media, certainly in the early 90s and certainly even today. Like, uh, that's kind of a, a message that I did not expect this um, this episode to be imparting, but... um. I, I do kind of like that they, I mean, you can say it's maybe tacked on as, as the big 
reveal as as their ending, but then they had to go big. But I think it does really work. Um, you know, especially just given the characters and given the performances that we get here. Um, yeah, really, really solid stuff. And this whole like, I don't know, this like monologue that Brandon gives uh, about like, oh, the weight of expectations, and I felt like I, I had to really like step out of line in order to feel like a man almost. And I love that Dylan just waves it off and he's just like, Mm -hmm. dude, that's not a real problem. Like there are people, let me introduce you to some people who would kill to have that as, as their problem. (laughs) So I I just thought, you know, it it could have been, what could Mm -hmm. have been really heavy handed came off well to me. And I think that, that kind of circled to what I was looking at it at the beginning of the episode where the beginning was so heavy handed. Yes. <laughs> and was just overkill on everything on, you know, here are the evils of all of this. And then all of a sudden it was this nice kind of wrap up of, you know, this is, this exists in your culture. This exists in your, in your age range. Uh-huh. And you need to like understand that there are outlets for you. And I think, this was the first like really kind of almost beneficial thing that they did on an I to know episode. I can't think of something they did beforehand. All right. So we wrap up Jim waits for Brandon. They have a good talk and, and kind of wrap things up. So that brings an end to this very good episode. A lock of a gun. The universe continues to expand. They continue to go after the kind of teenage issues of the day. Good messages. They have open dialogue ongoing kind of across the board I thought it was a little lighter t- till the end, too. Um, it was focused. We had some heavy stuff once Brandon hits the road. But, um, again, kind of like last episode, Tim, where they saved the the punch for the last scene almost. We get that again here where mm-hmm. last last episode it wasn't until we got the you know presentation in the all-purpose room that uh, we found out kind of the big twist. And, again, we get that very late in the episode after multiple teases. So, you know, we saw a lot of growth for everyone except for Steve who feels like he's going to wrecking and come wrecking and coming soon. Like he's been on the borderline of these things way too often so far, whether it was the, you know, date rape stuff we talked about a few episodes ago or this, like, I, I feel like he's always on the edge of, you know, maybe he's a good guy, but he's just got real bad tendencies and bad judgment. So I again, like again, again, JT, I, I chalk that up to, I think I'm not sure. Did they have that figured out so far? Right. No, I think he's, like I said, I think he's the de facto heel. Like, I think we have real, like, we'll, we'll kind of do the heel of the day sometimes, like with the, mm-hmm. the ninjas on the beach and all that stuff. But I feel like <laughs> Steve, Steve is meant to be like the day-to-day um, bad guy where he's not really bad, but he's just like kind of the annoying person they hang out with that no one really likes, but he's just kind of in the group anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's where they started with him, where he's the tension point when they need a tension point. Um, but he is going to be, uh, eventually kind of shake that off and get through it and become just a cast member. Yeah. You're, you're not necessarily supposed to like the character. He's, he's just, he's there to serve that type of role. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that evolves. I mean, Donna is still very much twisting in the wind, but, I mean, there's pretty obvious reasons for that. Like, I don't think the writers even want her on the show. They're just sort of stuck with her because, you know, nepotism. (laughs) So, 
But I mean, she's still getting there, as we as we said. All right, why don't we get to our awards, uh, and then we'll get to our trackers, and we'll wrap things up. So yep. best scene for me, I ended up going the Barnett's in the hot tub, uh, which, which <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, There's a lot of options. I, think, I just really like. I thought that was funny. There are a lot of options. I I think I'm gonna go with. Um, my favorite drunk Brandon line, which is, you know, when the cops show up and Brenda's pulling him aside, he does the very sarcastic, oh, like, don't have a cow. <laughs> don't have a cow, man. Yeah. Just anything involving drunk Brandon. Don't lay a finger on my butterfinger. <laughs> it's so rare we get to see that. So I, I've got to highlight it when it when it does exist. Uh, my favorite scene is going to be when we hear that Brandon is such a buzz crash and then uh, and then Steve pours half a shot of tequila into a full pitcher <laughs> of tequila <laughs> and says, oh, yeah, this will straighten him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that, too, because right. I think it's just it's it's such a like it's such a teen version of like, yeah, show them what show them what happened. Right. I did have that tied for most important scene, Brandon's first drink, because it does kind of set, again, a big piece of his character. But I have that tied with the AA meeting, which reveals Dylan's big problem. So it, it kind of brings them together in this little symbiotic relationship that these two dudes seem very different. But at their roots, they have the, some of the same kind of dark issues brewing, which really tends to be daddy issues, right? I mean, that's both of them pretty much <laughs> are, are trending that way. Um, yeah. you're, you're giving Brandon daddy issues? That's what you're saying? giving him daddy issues like at least in season one so far any problem he's had is because he feels extreme pressure from his dad to be like the perfect son like that's that's been well established whether it's playing basketball so he seeks out he seeks out father figures in duke and that he does i mean i think it's clearly an issue with him and i think dylan's got the same thing which is why jim becomes like a daddy figure to him right and and mm-hmm. the walsh family becomes the ideal family for him because he doesn't have his own so Oh, oh boy, we got we we got a lot to discuss over the next thirty years. It seems. <laughs> yes, we do. Well, yeah, we're doing deep psychological dives here on these like, characters. This is <laughs> going in hard. Uh, All right, Tim, what's I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, we've got a few options here. I think a, a minor one that we touched on is just it's very stupid, but the confirmation that David can dance apparently yes. <laughs> he does his um, early '90s white kid thing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets him over um and and like you said brandon's just overall attitude towards drinking going forward is is just very much informed by this episode yeah um but ultimately i i did go with the big reveal that dylan is an alcoholic which Mm -hmm. that i mean you really can't you know in the first season it's like they they're still they still have the training wheels on to some extent where not a lot of these things are going to stick, but you really can't wave off things like one of your characters being a, an addict, you know, like that's going to become a major component of his identity. John, uh, what's the category? Most important scene. Most important scene. Yeah, most important scene has to be Dylan at the at the end. Uh, it it plays forward into a lot of uh, episodes that we have that we haven't discussed, obviously. 
uh, and you know reveals that he's going to be having a deeper relationship with the Walsh family, not just with Brenda as yep. her friend, but also with yeah. Brenda as his as his bro. You know, so and, and they've had a little butting head so far, but this is they have, a, yeah, they have, together. and I think I think this this really kind of brings them tighter. Yeah. And, and he always, he, I, I I always think back to the uh, the David Spade uh, portrayal of him on on SNL. <laughs> I think it was David Spade. It might have been Dana Carvey, but he like he's like shrugs the whole time. He's like, oh man, like, <laughs> and that's what Dylan was so early on. He would just kind of like le- like right creep into these scenes and be like. Hey, what's happening this weekend? <laughs> yeah, <it is>. Well, <laughs> and quietly steal the show because mm-hmm. I mean, this is supposed to be a, a Brandon episode, and at the end, it's like, surprise, I'm an alcoholic, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, this is a big yeah, deal. So surprise, this was an episode about Brandon drinking, but no, doesn't matter. The lesson we learn mm-hmm. is one's an alcoholic, right? Yep. All those years at the hotel. Yeah, and what right. else are you gonna do? Hit the mini bar. All right, most '90s look. I went with the Jim and Cindy matching country club sweaters. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, Brenda's hair and blazer at the the Walsh party is pretty out of control. Um, you get Brandon with the Canadian tuxedo at one point, uh, but I think we've seen that before. So yeah, I, I got to go with the the Walshes and their matching. Um, Tennis or, or squash, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> racquetball. Where um, in the early morning? Uh, I'd go with Brandon's blazer combo at the at the second party. Mm. Uh, the okay. one that he started to tear apart. I think I'm more drunk while he was while he was getting drunk. All right, most nineties moment. I gave it a tie with uh, the idea of like house parties, which I know we're still a thing, but. They were like really a thing in the nineties. Like just mm-hmm. that was it, and that was tied with a uh, love boat on late night TV uh, when Cindy was going <laughs> to bed. So I definitely have the uh, Walsh House party most nineties. Most nineties, uh, yeah, like teen house party. Uh, when when I graduated, when I graduated uh, university in two thousand two. We all came back home and we were like, hey, we never got to have a high school house party. And that was what everybody talked about when we were in high school. So let's try to run one. And we did the same. We went to uh, went to a friend's house and we went over to the liquor store and tried to ask people to buy us beer to do it instead, even though we could already <laughs> legally. <laughs> Just I'll say one, one of the most uh, intriguing house parties I attended was it was a bachelor party. And the best man was a real estate agent and mm-hmm. he had a house that he was like flipping and going to like, oh. and you know, whatever, take apart and rebuild or so mm-hmm. we had the party there. So like, he didn't give a shit if we like destroy the house basically. Cause like, it was going to get kind of torn up anyway. So it was kind of a cool concept. If you have that available. My younger, my younger brother held a high school house party at our high at house. So I got to live vicariously through him. <laughs> When he, mm-hmm. uh, but I came home and the next day I saw like the dining room table, the lacquered dining room table was all marked up from people playing quarters on it. 
Yeah. Yep. That's not good. <laughs> Uh, well, JT, it sounds time. like you had a um, future episode of Nugget 210 at Park just trashing it. Um, That's true. The house I was about to know, As a component of just the house party, is just the whole concept of parents going away for a weekend. Do parents even do that anymore? Just leave the kids behind at, you know, that during age? COVID? During COVID, Tim? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a parent. I got to ask. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I'll let you know in about six years. Um, going to drop them for a few days. I mean, I just feel like parents in the 90s did not give a fuck, basically. Well, just, I would get left. I would say as early as like probably when I was like 13. Yeah. I'd get left yeah, home so alone you. for the night with like my sister. But my parents mm-hmm. never, I never, they never went away and I just stayed home alone. Okay. Like ever until I was probably in like college, I guess. And even then, I don't think even at the house alone, I would have been like in college. Yeah, I don't know. It's the closest I came. Like I think I was like 16, and they went away, and we slept though like at my cousin's. But like I'd be home by myself for a while. Like the bus would drop me mm. off at, at mm-hmm. home. I'd do my homework and hang out, and then they'd like come pick me up at night to go to their yeah. house. But like I don't, I don't think I ever just like stayed at my parents' house alone without them there for like a weekend or something. Yeah, I, I think the, like gen- I I think the general general idea is that, hey, you know, it's OK to leave students who are 16, 17 years old home alone because they've if, especially if they've been staying home alone for, you know, four hours a day after mm-hmm. school. Uh, and we're not going to be one of those those movies because <laughs> those are one in a million right. instances. Probably different on the kids. So I don't know. I just wonder if that's uh, probably ends up just with a bunch of girls showing up and drinking wine coolers and (laughs) right, yeah, playing playing Super Nintendo or whatever. You know. All right. Best lesson learned. I went with don't ever listen to Steve Sanders at a party. (laughs) (laughs) That was the root of all the problems in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, Don't trust the bartender. Kelly right. listened to Steve. Brandon listened to Steve. Like that, he was the root cause of every issue with this episode. I would say um, twofold: uh, don't drink and drive, but um, have the party anyway because it will put you on the map within your social circle. I mean, you heard Donna at the end there. It was it was the party of the year. Everybody agreed, and I mean, look at how popular the Walshes are. Going forward in the series, I, I feel like um, it, it really um, it really established them as, well, as Brandon put it, the place to be. You Always have the party. I, is what I, 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 why am I going to add on to that? You know. Oh, and don't succumb to peer pressure. Yeah. All right, best hookup. Best hookup. I went the Walshes and the Barnetts. <laughs> I guess I'll give it to Steve and Kelly because I don't know how many other opportunities um, <laughs> true. we'll have to say that. So, JT, what is your impression of what was the extent of the Walshans in the Barnett's off screen? Uh, nothing happened. Jim and Cindy are too to give in to that night. She mentions she mentions that he, you know, she resisted bucking the Bronco. Mm. It would have been <laughs> tough. Like, I mean, like, so did it get to a certain extent? That's what I'm wondering. No, I think that's it. I think what we saw on the tub was it. That's it. I think she was just being facetious. 
I think Cindy seemed closer to Jim to, to giving in, though, which is surprising to me. You wouldn't have thought that. She but. did. She she seemed like she was more willing to acquiesce to whatever mm-hmm. their outrageous demands She's were. Like, like we got to get out of here, and if this is going to get us out of here, let's go. Yeah, let's just get it over with. <laughs> All right, best quotes. I had a few. Uh, Kelly repeats twice. My mom drinks. I sip. When Brenda yep. says, "You know, don't be a drunk like your mom." Basically, uh, Kelly That's also had a great, yep. great line: 15 minutes of fun, a lifetime of regret." Um, Scott, the same people who ignore me at school can ignore me here. Kelly's as good looking as Christy Brinkley, David, and you're no Billy Joel. <laughs> Scott, uh, <laughs> great. So, funny. Um, so a couple of good lines from the ancillary characters here, but Kelly continues to kill it with the one liners. Did you have any other ones, yeah. John, besides those? Uh, the only one I added was one you misquoted earlier was the, the miss, the guy, we don't know who he is, who says he said, Walsh is a major buzz crusher. Yes, Buzz Crusher. Nope, he meant Buzz, buzz Kill, but I love that he said Buzz Crusher. Like, it just fucking guy makes it feel so much more like 90s era writers trying to, you know, capture the, the zeitgeist. Well, if anyone out there knows uh, who this guy's name is, let us know. All right, <laughs> final grade, uh, a great episode. I, I have it a notch below our other, like, top, top level ones, which are the Coke Binge. And mm-hmm. uh, last week's with Brenda and Dylan, which I thought was great. Uh, but this is still one yeah. of the best ones we've seen this season. So I went seven and a half out of ten, Tim. Ooh, so I gave last week a ten. And I don't think this is super far off from it. I gave Jackie Taylor, I think, a nine. Um, this is comfortably my third. I, Jackie got a ten from me. Yeah. Last episode got a nine. I want to go. Can I go eight and a half? Yeah, I think it's good. We do halves. Yeah, because I, I yeah. think it's um just a little below coked out Jackie. But mm-hmm. God, n- not much. I almost I almost want to. Where would you Tim? Where would you put drunk, drunk Brandon against coked out Jackie? I know. Oh, it's not, I know. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, look, drunk Brandon's awesome. Coke Jackie is like a fucking complete force of nature. Like she. <laughs> Oh, like this, Brandon did a good job portraying a teenager being drunk. Jackie was like Oscar level, like out yeah. of her fucking mind in that episode. Like that was the one of the most compelling <laughs> episodes of anything I've seen. Was her just going <laughs> off the fucking rails in that episode? Plus the the office. JC, did you the... did you ever think about doing cocaine after watching that episode? Were you just like forget this? Like if that's gonna happen. Uh, it was more listening to um, uh, Rocco talk, talk about his experience. That turned me off good. <laughs> yes. More so than watching Jackie. Um, all right, so seven and yeah. a half. You're going nine or eight and a half, Tim? Where, where are you going to land? I'm going to go eight and a half. You know what? Yeah, and, and revisiting. Thank you for that walk down every lane with Coach Yeah, come on. That was, that was, you can, I mean, the, Brandon was good, but Jackie was next level. That was, that was an all-timer. Uh, what do you think, final grade, John? All right, I'm gonna. I'll go eight and a half as well. I think this is this is one of the top episodes you can have from this early season. And if your early seasons are ranking this high, mm-hmm. then get guess what's going to happen when and then Dave Meltzer be given to us, Brandon. You know when we get. All right, uh, let's hit our trackers real quick for new characters. I had the asshole classmate who we never gave a name to, and then Bob and Trudy Barnett. Uh, were the other name ones. Uh, relationships, we had a decent amount here. I went Steve and Kelly, Brandon and Andrea, the Walshers and the Barnetts, and David and Kelly, who'd start their relationship. 
as well, kind of as being in each other's worlds finally. Uh, and places and things, I had Donna's house and Palm Springs. So, anything I missed there, you guys? No. Beverly Hills County Jail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, good point. Yeah, that County Jail. Good one. Or Drunk Axel Foley's old stomping grounds. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, finally, let's hit our th- uh, songs for the night that we did not hear. The big reveal of this one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the scene where the beginning where Donna's party, I guess it was in the beginning, but then again at Donna's party, so mm. hard by the Pet Shop Boys. Then at the uh, Walsh House, the first song that plays is Goddess by Soho. And then David and Kelly's dance song is Don't You Love Me by the 49ers. Oh. Okay. Were you expecting something more? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe something a little more, more known. Yeah. yeah. I was. And with the Pet Shop Boys song from the first first scene, uh, it's what they play is kind of a grind metal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The replacement is, is like. It's, re- it's really. I mean, I feel like I've heard the killers and mm-hmm. heard like great value killers in some of these. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Songs. The songs definitely have more. The fill-ins are more modernized. Uh, and then Reptile by Chris Luke is when they're showing the students at Beverly High. So there's the songs. All right, real quick before we get out of here, let's do our character rankings. So mm-hmm. are we going Brando back at the top on this one? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not hard for me. I mean, he's the star of the episode. All so. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, then I think the big question to me is, is it Dylan mm-hmm. or Brenda next? Hmm... I think the importance of the A scene to me makes Dylan be next for me. I think Dylan's the se- Dylan's second star. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he's so good in the scene talking to the cops. Yep. All right. So Brenda third. Yeah. So then we got this. Hold on, mix. JT. Are you yep. doing these? Are these by episode, and then you're gonna rank them together, or what? So this is kind of in this episode, and then it gets layered onto the total. Okay. Total so yeah, I would say Dylan this episode. You know, Brandon first, Dylan second. Okay, go ahead. Brenda third, I think it's. Yeah, Brenda third. All right, so then Uh, we got kind of this mishmash of Jim, Cindy, and Kelly, I think, are the next tier in this one. I think. I I think Jim and Cindy dominate the second storyline, so there's no way you can put any of the, the girls above them. Well, the question is, is Jim or Cindy higher? Who did you like better? His his dominant his his demanding that she get in the bed with him. I think Jim. You're creepy. You oh, get him being ready to go. Well, you also yeah. get the Brenda stuff with Jim. Like that's part of this too. His okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. The blow up with the kid. Yeah, you got a good big Jim, and then Cindy, and then Kelly. Right. Would you go Kelly over Donna? Yes. Oh, easy. So I would go Kelly, and then I would go David next. Ooh. No. Whoa. What? How do you miss Steve, who's the big cat? No, I I still go David over Steve. Steve was a creepy asshole in this one. David (laughs) was way more chill, and, like, the dance stuff was good. The couple lines he had, the Christian Brinkley. so So what are we rating? Are we rating on, like, quality of character or, like, the the impact of the character? Well, kind of both. Yeah, it's just kind of the overall. 
Kind of both, yeah. I just think yeah, Steve's just... a shitbag, and he comes off like a rapist. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll put it this That's... way. We, I don't think we saw anything new from Steve right. in this one. With David, at least, we got, like, some oh, more. He made up some ground. Trouble. He danced with Kelly, and, yeah, he's, like, gay. He's pulling up. I would go I would go Kelly, David, Steve, and then I'd have yeah, to debate I mean... Scott and Andrea next. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, Andrea over Scott. Scott's got to go. Yeah. But he's got the he's got the couple good one liners, but no, I, I did like Andrea's um wide eyed no, Andrea there was the, you just said this was Andrea's like best scene. It was. It was. All right. So yeah. Andrea keep her over Scott, I think. I mean, she made made out with drunk Brandon. It's more than you expect from an Andrea scene. What and how many buses did she have to take home? <laughs> <laughs> A lot, a lot of places. <laughs> well, look, she was at the community theater, so she was you know? <laughs> potentially. All right, so we got Kelly, David, Steve, Andrea, Scott, Donna, and that's it. And then we got Nat and Jackie with the zeros, uh, sadly, again. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do the uh, overall totals. Why calculate that, Tim? Anything you want to plug ski got going on? I would just say, look, um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast network, the North-South Connection where you're hearing this podcast and a plethora of other great content, other great voices, and in addition to JT and myself and John. We've also got some affiliate or sister podcasts that that we partner with as well. Um, so do check out uh, the Place to Be Nation pop experience, where I've got some presence over there. Um, we like to do reviews of... The Disney Plus series on uh, Disney Plus, uh, <laughs> excuse me, with uh, Hawkeye, um, continuing coverage of that, and um, Book of Boba Fett coming soon, or potentially having already started, depending on when you're listening to this episode. So uh, check out Place to Be Nation Pop Experience. Um, we also have Place to Be Nation Wrestling. I feel like I'm remiss in plugging uh-huh. uh, Place to Be Nation Wrestling. A lot of great um, pro wrestling related content there where, um, you know, you'll find a variety of shows uh, much like you will on North South. Um, and finally, our good friend and former uh, past guest of this show, Jennifer Smith, has her own podcast network called The Jenny Position. Find a lot of good shows that um, Jenny puts together, hosts or co-hosts, and I am a part of some of those, including uh, Talkin' Pop and The Journey Through Infinity. That is also with JT. So uh, more Marvel Cinematic Universe content there, if that's what you are interested in. You can also find me on social media. I am at Psych68CYKE68 on twitter john anything you want to talk about um listen here's what you can do you can find me anytime i show up on the place to be nation you can show me find me anytime i show up on the north south connection uh i'm typically here for to lose gloriously in some <laughs> trivia contest <laughs> but i'm also Aren't we all yeah <laughs> I'm also happy to be a part- participant in com- conversations about, uh, you know, pop culture and other wrestling. So not much to, to offer you for that, but 
offer you know make sure that you follow these two uh also make sure you follow the association fantasy football cast united for uh fantasy bpl uh coverage and i'll take care of you there all right Northside Connection, I think, Tim, you, you talked about it pretty well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Definitely subscribe to everything we have going on. Content dropping most days. Uh, NorthSouthConnection.podbean.com. You can subscribe on any podcast or app. We'd love it if you give us a rating and a review. And also, like I mentioned, if you're interested in joining us as a guest uh, spot on one of these episodes of 902 and No So, just reach out to us on social media. We'd love to have you at Facebook.com slash NorthSouthConnection. All right, real quick, here's our character rankings up to date. It is the same order. Uh as previous but is it some tightening in the middle so jackie uh (coughs) excuse me jackie still uh brings up the bottom with 13 jackie taylor nat basiccio next with 17 donna martin with 28 scott scanlon at 40 then we kind of hit the next tier with andre zuckerman at 60 points david silver with 72 here's the tight middle jim walsh with 75 kelly taylor with 76 steve sanders with 78 so they're all mm. kind of bunched together now, that, that group there. Then we kind of get our next B-plus level, which is Cindy Walsh at 85, Dylan McKay at 92, and then we have our top two, Brenda Walsh with 114, and Brandon Walsh back in first place alone at 116. They were tied after our last episode. So uh, I think we're starting to see things kind of bust into tears for sure, kind of our top, yeah, our almost top, and then we get that real yeah. glut in the middle with the David, Jim, Kelly, Cindy, Steve group. Um, and then the bottom is kind of Scott, Donna. Whatever. Yeah. Whoever shows up on a given episode. Like, it's crazy not. that Nat's only been like in two episodes and he's like nine. I know. Ten by Donna, whatever. It's kind of crazy. Mm. Um, all right. So that'll do it. We'll be back in a few weeks, Tim. We'll have a new guest with us. We'll be talking episode 12. Really excited. Really enjoying this journey uh, with you and all our guests. John, thank you so much for being on. Everyone have a little dim sum, a little dem sum. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys.